Hello, and welcome back. I'm so glad you could make it back to see us. If this is your first time, let me introduce myself. You can refer to me as the reader. And as the reader, I feel compelled to tell you exactly what it is you will find here. But this place is quite complicated and I think it would be much easier for me to tell you to look in your back seat, look under the bed, check the closet, look in all those unsuspecting dark places that should be empty, and understand that from this day forward, they will not be. If you continue to listen, every unlit hallway, every darkened street, the deepest section of the woods untouched by light will be filled with unwanted things. I do hope you will enjoy them. I know we will enjoy your company. For today's story, we give you Sufferer by Cameron Baker. <laughs> Misophonia. Those that suffer with this condition can experience negative emotional or psychological responses when triggered by certain sounds, often seeming unreasonable to witnesses. The triggers can be as seemingly innocuous as the dripping of water, a pencil repeatedly tapping a desk, or the sounds of chewing and drinking. This selective sound sensitivity disorder is self-diagnosable, but incurable. Mallory O'Shea is a 17-year-old high school student and a sufferer of misophonia. For her, it wasn't the tapping of pencils or a dripping faucet, but the sounds of molars and incisors, masticating morsels and bits of food in a moist mouth. It had always bothered her, and in school she would be made fun of for her proper eating habits. She would take the smallest of bites, so she would have to chew very little, and try to wash it down with water without gulping. Yes, it wasn't just the chewing, but gulping, swallowing, were enough to make her sick. Prissy Missy and Goody Two-Shoes were just a few of the names that they called her, and it led to a battle with anorexia. She would find the quietest section of the cafeteria, put in headphones, and listen to anything that would help drown out the cacophonous roar of a hundred munching mouths, set her head down and count the seconds until the lunch period was over, for even the sight of her fellow classmates chewing and drinking had become a nauseating experience. She had always been a studious girl, but in her sophomore year her grades began to slip, as did her overall health. She still received decent grades, but... Mrs. Blanchard, an elderly English teacher, had seen the young girl's energy and excitement for learning fade and decided to do something about it. Mrs. Blanchard had been teaching for many years, so seeing a young woman battle with anorexia was nothing new for her and recognized the signs. Social withdrawal, bundling up in baggy clothing, even in warm weather, fidgeting, pale skin. She was a kind woman, always there for students, male or female, 
whether they needed help with schoolwork or a shoulder to cry on. If you could handle the foul floral fragrance of Chanel Number no. 5 that clung to her every hand-knit cardigan. She began gently asking Mallory how things were with her schoolwork, and if there was any way she could help. She even offered to allow Mallory to study with her in her classroom during lunch. She would pack a simple lunch for the two of them, and help with whatever Mallory had questions on, and she agreed. The next day, Mallory met Miss Blanchard at her classroom for lunch. The elderly woman had prepared turkey sandwiches for them, on wheat bread, with a side of baby carrots and a bottled water to drink. Mrs. Blanchard had even managed to have Mallory's schedule switched so that Mallory would be in her classroom for English following lunch, so that she wouldn't have to rush to her next class. The young girl was very thankful to no longer have to eat in the cafeteria, but had never spoken to anyone about her affliction, her aversion to the sounds of slurping and swallowing and how other students judging her eating habits, as gentle as the chiding sometimes was, forced her away from the food she had been able to eat comfortably. And she was well aware that not only Mrs. Blanchard, but nearly all of her family and friends had noticed. She had quit eating anything outside of nectarines or smoothies, made very thin so she could choke it down in as few gulps as possible, usually eating less than 600 calories a day. But... After sitting across from Mrs. Blanchard for several minutes at their lunch, fidgeting and pushing carrots around the paper plate, occasionally grabbing a corner of her turkey sandwich, only to place it back down, she decided to tell her, It's not that I don't want to eat, you know, she said. I just can't. It's okay, dear. Miss Blanchard replied, tenderly grabbing one of Mallory's hands. You don't have to do anything you don't want to. I'm just an old lady that doesn't like to eat her lunches alone, she said with a laugh. Mallory chuckled, gripping the old woman's hand tighter, replying while holding tears back. It's... I miss food. And it's so hard. I just want to be normal. I want to be able to go to lunch or on a date, but I... She trailed off, warm tears forming and falling from her tired eyes. Mrs. Blanchard cupped her other hand over Mallory's. You are a beautiful, smart young woman, and you have so much to offer the world. I can see that, even with these old eyes, she said with a laugh evoking another small chuckle from the younger woman. And eating is nothing to be ashamed of. No, Mallory replied with a brittle tone. It's not, it's not that. I can't. She paused, looking up, wiping a tear from her eye in an attempt to save her makeup. She let out a shaky sigh before starting again. If I... Here, chewing or drinking, even from my own mouth, it makes me feel sick. She paused, looking at the elderly woman, surprised but caring eyes. I know it sounds crazy, and I've tried to just make myself get over it, but... Mrs. Blanchard patted the young woman's hand reassuringly and interrupted. 
No, 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 sweetie. There are some things about ourselves that we cannot change. We have to learn how to live with them, overcome them. She again lovingly squeezed Mallory's hand. But we also have to know when to ask for help. She released her hand and stood up from the desk. We still have plenty of time. You enjoy your lunch, or however much of it you would like. And I will finish mine in the teacher's lounge here, just down the hall. Mallory opened her mouth to protest, but the teacher was already around the desk, placing a hand on her shoulder. Eat what you can, and take your time. No one will judge you for anything in here. She headed for the door, but stopped and turned back to speak before she closed it. And you can do this for as long as you'd like. I'll speak to the principal. He will know no more than he needs to. And all he needs to know is that we all want you to succeed. And I think this can help you do that. I'll be back in a few minutes, dear. She smiled and left with that. Mallory turned to the food in the now silent room before standing up and turning on an old, noisy fan on the other side of the desk. She quietly, ever so quietly, ate a few bites of the sandwich and finished the bottle of water. The crunch of the carrots was too much for her to take, but still, this had been the most food she'd eaten in some time. Tears came again, but this time they were not the tears of a sad teenage girl unable to eat but the tears of a girl who thought for the first time in a long time she might be able to take her life back. Over the next year, Mallory's mental and physical health improved dramatically, and so did her grades and ability to interact with her friends and family again. No longer the timid, pale girl in the back of the cafeteria, she had a newfound energy and enthusiasm for school, even took up cross-country. She still needed her alone time for lunch and had started packing her own. She didn't mean to be rude, but she did have a very particular diet still, and it wasn't fair to put that on her teacher to provide the necessary items for her. She was infinitely grateful to Mrs. Blanchard and how she had helped her, and because of something she had said that first day, she thought she was ready for the next step. There are some things about ourselves that we cannot change. We have to learn to live with them, overcome them. She wanted to show Mrs. Blanchard and herself that even if she couldn't change this about herself, she would overcome it. She would beat it. She told Mrs. Blanchard on a Friday that the following week, she not only wanted the teacher back in the room, but she would eat anything she prepared. She knew it might take some time, but... She owed Mrs. Blanchard so much, and she wanted to prove to her that she deserved all the time and energy she had put into helping her. The following Monday, Mrs. Blanchard eagerly greeted Mallory at the door and rushed in. Come, I have a gift for you. Mallory smiled and followed her to the desk, where she found a rectangular gift box with a purple bow on top waiting for her. You didn't have to do this, she said as the two sat across from each other. You've already done so much. The elderly woman excitedly clapped her hands together. I know, I know. But I'm so proud of you for being so strong, for taking this step. I found this at a thrift shop, so it's old and perhaps not as good as it might have once been, a little like me. She laughed, but I saw it 
and I thought of you, and I hoped it could help. Mallory smiled and opened the gift box, placing the lid on the desk. Inside was an old Walkman, a new set of headphones, and an old cassette tape with a handwritten label. The label read, Help for those that wish to help themselves. The teacher spoke up. I know you've probably never seen one of these in real life, the two chuckled as Mallory shook her head. But I instantly thought of you when I saw it. I'm sure you can do it on your own, but a little help never hurt. The two rose and hugged across the desk before sitting back down with tears in their eyes. Now, let's have a quiet lunch together, Mrs. Blanchard said, holding back tears. And they did. For the first time in a long time, Mally was able to enjoy lunch with another person. Thankfully, Mrs. Blanchard was a quiet eater herself, and the two just ate without speaking a word, occasionally sharing a glance and a smile. When they were finished, and before the other students began to file in, Mallory promised to try the tape that night, and looked forward to lunch the next day. That night, Mallory was just as eager to show her newfound strength to her family, and she ate dinner with them as well. The dinner didn't go as well as the lunch had, as her family was eager to talk and tell her how proud they were of her, and her little brother continually blew bubbles in his glass of milk. But even through the open mouths and bubbling dairy sounds, she was able to get some of her food down before heading to her room to finish her schoolwork, and of course, try the tape. Sitting at her small desk in her room, she got out her homework and the Walkman from her book bag next to her chair, and placed them on her desk. She smiled, and began turning the walk in her hands, honestly unsure of how to start it, and even if it would start. Mrs. Blanchard had put new batteries in it, but this was a quite antiquated piece of technology, and she didn't want to get her hopes too high. Placing the headphones over her ears, and switching the Walkman on, she sat silent for a few moments, but heard nothing in her headphones. She squeezed them a little tighter to her head, then checked to see if a tape then checked to see if the tape appeared to be working, and just then she heard a quiet sound come through. It started very quiet, so she turned it up a little with a dial on the side of the Walkman. It got a little louder on its own as well. But the sound never changed. Static. It sounded just like TV static. She listened for a few more seconds. Still the same. Just static. At that moment, she heard a knock at her door, and she hastily removed her headphones to hear her mother's voice. She said through the door, It's time for bed, Mal. I love you, and good luck at school tomorrow. We're so proud of you. Mallory was confused. She checked her watch on her left wrist. They had finished dinner just after 6.30, and she'd only been in here for but a few moments. How on earth was it 10 p.m.? She quickly replied, but shakily. Y yeah Sorry, Mom. Love you, too. It was only then she realized that her schoolwork was done. She had a sharp pain on the right side of her lower jaw. She could taste 
blood. She then realized she was holding something in her left hand. She slowly rolled it open to find a molar, root and all, in her hand. The next day, Mallory showed up early for school, rushing to Mrs. Blanchard's room. She was still setting up her things, and when she turned to see Mallory's concerned look and hurried pace, she quickly walked around the desk to ask what was the matter. Are you okay? She said with a concerned tone, noticing her swollen jaw. Are you hurt? Mallory placed the book bag on the desk and pulled out the Walkman. I... I don't know. What happened? I played the tape after dinner last night, and I lost track of time. And when I came to, I was holding this in my hand. She pulled out the tooth and held it with her other hand. The elderly woman clapped her hand to her mouth, looking at the tooth, and then back to Mallory. Oh my goodness. What was on the tape? Mallory shrugged and spoke in a scared tone. I don't know. Just static. Mrs. Blanchard gestured to the Walkman. May I? The teacher asked. Are, are you sure? Mallory replied nervously before handling her the headphones. Mrs. Blanchard placed them over her ears and Mallory reluctantly hit play. They stared at each other for a few seconds, with Mallory getting increasingly nervous with every passing moment. Before Mrs. Blanchard removed the headphones and shook her head, I don't hear anything. Mallory took the headphones back and exchanged a nervous glance with the teacher and placed the headphones back over her own ears. Immediately, the static filled her ears and she felt the world around her go blank. She was scared. She didn't know what was happening. Was she dying? She could no longer feel her body. But if she could, she was certain that her heart would be racing. The world came crashing back into existence with a flood of light and hands on her shoulders and arms. It was the other students. They had arrived, and they were pulling her off of the floor. There was so much pain. There was so much blood. Every nerve ending in her mouth was screaming at the top of their metaphorical lungs, and as the headphones fell from her head, she could hear that the other students were screaming as well. She could see teeth, her own teeth, scattered in the blood on the ground, and blood covering her clothes and her hands. Hands that were being pulled from a terrified Mrs. Blanchard's mouth. Shocked, she stopped and allowed the other students to pull her away from the teacher. Sobbing and with blood gushing from the empty sockets that used to contain her teeth, she tried to yell that she was sorry. It appeared Mallory had done most of the removing of teeth to herself, but the teacher still held her mouth as she was escorted out, calling back, I'm so sorry, Mallory. I don't know what I did, but I'm so sorry. An adult human mouth can contain up to 32 teeth, depending on whether or not you have your four wisdom teeth removed, as they can be quite uncomfortable for some. Mallory O'Shea had not had her wisdom teeth pulled, at least not before this day.
She managed to pull 13 teeth from her own mouth with her bare hands, and including her wisdom teeth, before turning to Mrs. Blanchard and attempting to remove hers. She does not recall the incident, only the aftermath, and is currently at a mental health facility in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Mrs. Blanchard retired from teaching, but holds no ill will towards Mallory. In fact, she visits her regularly. She instead places the blame on herself and that tape. After several attempts to break it, even burn it, the tape remained unscathed. One evening, after watching the wood in her fireplace crackle and pop in the flames around the tape, she decided if she couldn't destroy it, she would take it somewhere that no one else could find it. It was late, but she placed the cassette tape on the countertop in her kitchen and went to her bedroom to get dressed. She'd wrap it in a bag, place it with something heavy, and find a lake. A deep lake. And throw it in. Only when she returned to the count, the cassette was nowhere to be found. <laughs> Unwanted Things is a horror anthology podcast. And if you liked what you heard, help us grow. Please, tell a friend, share us on social media, and let us know what you thought. We look forward to hearing from you. And, even if we don't, I promise you, you'll be hearing from us very soon.